You're listening to the American Journal of Perinatology podcast. This episode is another in our regular series, taking an in-depth look at the SMFM pregnancy meeting. To find out more about the meeting, go to www.smfm.org or go to the AJP homepage at www.tima.com forward slash AJP. So we are joined today by Laureen Timming from Washington University in St. Louis, in St. Louis, Missouri, who is presenting mid-trimester fetal growth restriction. Are small abdominal circumferences associated with adverse outcomes? Thank you for joining us today. Sure, no problem. So tell me a little bit about what led to your investigation. What was the interest in discerning the specific risk of these babies? So I think it always is a challenge when you find fetal growth restriction at the mid-trimester at the time of the anatomic survey. You do a routine workup for that, looking for causes like aneuploidy or other genetic causes or infection, and you find nothing, and you have a non-anomalous fetus that's small, to know first what are the likely outcomes for that baby? And second, how can you identify those fetuses that will go on to have challenges later in the pregnancy? That's a challenge for counseling and otherwise. So we actually started this project looking at a cohort of non-anomalous fetuses that were growth restricted at the mid-trimester to try to identify characteristics that were associated with adverse pregnancy outcomes as well as remaining small for gestational age at delivery. So how did you ascertain this population? Like, how did you identify the group that you were going to study? So we looked at all of the anatomic surveys conducted at our institution between 17 and 22 weeks, and it was in a time frame from 2010 to 2015. And uh, looking at that population, we then identified the fetuses that were growth-restricted at that time. And I have another paper which compares those fetuses to the non-growth-restricted fetuses at that time, but then within the cohort of the growth-restricted fetuses at that time, we looked at various parameters on ultrasound and found that in comparing, you know, head circumference, BPD, femur length, and abdominal circumference, abdominal circumference was the thing that was most associated with remaining small for gestational age at birth. So then we really wanted to explore if small abdominal circumference in a population of non-anomalous fetuses that are growth restricted in the mid-trimester had were at risk for adverse pregnancy outcomes. So what were the adverse pregnancy outcomes seen in that population with a small AC? So we looked at a neonatal composite that included things like neonatal death, a five-minute APGAR less than seven, need for respiratory support, intraventricular hemorrhage, and necrotizing enterocolitis, as well as hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy. That was our primary outcome was a composite that included that. But we also looked at things like NICU admission, stillbirth, need for indicated preterm birth, preeclampsia, abruption, as well as going on to develop abnormal umbilical artery dopplers. So what are the clinical implications of this information? How has it changed your management? So I think that it helps with uh, counseling when you find that patients are growth restricted at the time of the anatomic survey and you cannot identify a cause. It's helpful to be able to know that the fetuses that have a small abdominal circumference may be at more risk for these outcomes. Unfortunately, I don't think that this data are that we're really at the point yet where we could decide that if you had a small growth restricted fetus in the mid-trimester with a normal abdominal circumference that you could not do surveillance. I think that those people still require surveillance, but it can help with counseling and give you an idea of which fetuses may be more at risk. 
Now, you found some interesting information about Dopplers in that population that also had a small abdominal circumference. Is that right? Yes. So the people with a small abdominal circumference were more likely to go on and develop abnormal umbilical artery Dopplers than those without a small AC. Did you see any other outcomes like hypertensive disease? No, there was no association with an increased risk of preeclampsia, although there was an increased risk of need for indicated preterm birth is likely related to the association with continued growth restriction during the pregnancy. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. That was the American Journal of Perinatology podcast. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about the journal at www.tima.com forward slash AJP or check out our Facebook and Twitter pages. If you enjoyed our podcast, please rate us on iTunes and join us next time.